Thanks, Trev and team, for leading us. I want to spend some time this morning reflecting on what the Bible has to say about children. What value does God place on children? And what does it mean to embrace an identity of being a child of God? Psalm 127.3 says, Children are a heritage from the Lord, offspring a reward from Him. Children are God's good gift. To have children is to be blessed by God. The Bible has a very positive view of children and warmly affirms their value and warmth. Children appear in many of the Old Testament stories, which is culturally surprising. In the ancient world, society had a very poor view of children. Children were valued primarily for the benefit that they would bring the family in the future when they became workers and were able to contribute towards the future prosperity of the household. So apart from sort of the future value, children had no rights or significance and were completely powerless in society. Now, children today don't necessarily have the same sort of rights that adults do, but we certainly live in a much more child-centric culture and society than people in, in the Bible, particularly the Old Testament, did. Now, the Old Testament shows us that children were indeed special members of God's people, the Israelites, and were not to be mistreated, but to be treated with compassion and gentleness. The Old Testament strikes a really nice balance of both the sinfulness and the value of children. As any parent will attest to, kids are not perfect. And we can see the effects of sin in their lives from a young age. Selfishness and greed are par for the course for children. David the psalmist acknowledged this in Psalm 51.5 where he says, Surely I was sinful at birth, sinful from the time my mother conceived me. But he also acknowledges the sheer wonder and beauty of a child's formation inside his or her mother's womb. For you created my inmost being. You knit me together in my mother's womb. I praise you because I am fearfully and wonderfully made. Your works are wonderful. I know that full well. Children are not only important because they are our future, they are important because they are also our present. They form a part of our community and have a valuable contribution to make. And we see this clearly illustrated in the Scriptures. There are several examples, particularly in the Old Testament, where children and youth not only get a mention, but are in fact central characters to the biblical story. For example, young Miriam played an integral role in following her baby brother Moses in a cane basket down the Nile River. She assisted the Pharaoh's daughter by retrieving the help of a Hebrew woman, both her and Moses's Hebrew mother, to nurse baby Moses until he had grown and was able to be returned to the palace. Josiah 
the boy who became king at eight years old, was an outstanding leader of Israel, reigning for 31 years and turning God's people away from evil back to the one true God. Samuel, the boy who grew up under the priest Eli in the temple, uh, was used by God to communicate and speak his truths. Incredible that God would speak to a child and not the priest. David, the shepherd boy, exercised greater bravery and trust in God than any of his older brothers and indeed the entire Israelite army by courageously defeating the Philistine giant Goliath. These are not minor roles. These are significant major roles in the biblical story. And it reveals to us that clearly God is a fan of kids and he's particularly a fan of using kids in his work and on his mission. Now, if we move to the New Testament, we see that during these times, children were still largely viewed by society as a nuisance who had no real social belonging. But Jesus directly challenges this when his own disciples unsuccessfully try to prevent parents from bringing their children to receive his blessing. Let's just look at that passage from Matthew 18 that Luca read so beautifully to us again. At that time, the disciples came to Jesus and asked, Who then is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven? He called a little child to him and placed the child among them. And he said, Truly, I tell you, unless you change and become like little children, you will never enter the kingdom of heaven. Therefore, whoever takes the lowly position of this child is the greatest in the kingdom of heaven. And whoever welcomes one such child in my name welcomes me. Jesus would then also go on to say a little later in Matthew 19, 13 to 15, uh, the children, uh, people brought little children to Jesus for him to place his hands on them and pray for them. But at this point, the disciples rebuked them. Jesus said, let the little children come to me and do not hinder them, for the kingdom of heaven belongs to such as these. When he had placed his hands on them, he went from there. The kingdom of heaven belongs to children. Quite a thought to a room full of adults. For Jesus to bless those who come to him is a wonderful endorsement, isn't it? Blessing is a symbol of God's inclusion, of God's welcome, of God's favour, and his commitment to seek that person or those people's well-being. Now, Jesus not only welcomes children, granting them a place of honour on his lap, but he also holds them up as models of faith, as examples for adults to learn from. According to God, children, simply by the very nature of who they are, can teach adults what greatness in the kingdom of heaven looks like. You see, in God's economy, greatness is not measured by size, capacity, or achievement, 
For far too often, these things result in pride, arrogance, and ego. Greatness in God's kingdom does not come from striving or competing or winning. It doesn't come from walking over people to achieve more, to gain more, to be more. Rather than winning against people to be great, we are to welcome people, especially those who are most vulnerable. Greatness in God's kingdom comes from welcoming societal nobodies and blessing them. That is exactly what we see Jesus doing. Children in this culture were societal nobodies. And yet Jesus welcomes them and holds them up as a model of faith. Now, to do this requires great humility by placing the need of other before self. By welcoming such people, in this case children, we end up welcoming Jesus himself. Humility is what counts in God's kingdom. By choosing to illustrate kingdom greatness with a child, Jesus highlights the humility children embody resulting from their vulnerability as well as their reliance on their mum and dad. You see, greatness in the kingdom comes from recognising our own limitations and our reliance upon God in everything. Dr. Marsha Bunge, a theologian whose research specialises in childhood in relation to religion and ethics, identifies four key points to inform a Christian theology of children. Number one, children are vulnerable. Number two, children are gifts from God. Number three, children are still developing and sinful. Number four, children are models of faith to adults. Let's explore each one of these key points just a little bit further. Children are dependent, and to be dependent is to be vulnerable. This means that parents and adults have a very special and particular responsibility to look after to genuinely care for the needs of children. In Australia, and especially in places where societal structures and protections have been eroded, children, due to their vulnerability, can fall victim to abuse, neglect, malnutrition, disease, physical, sexual and emotional abuse. And it is a very sad reality that globally, the injustice of child labour, child soldiers, and child prostitution is widespread. In Matthew 18, 6-9, Jesus issues an incredibly stern warning about the severe judgment that awaits those who mistreat and abuse little ones. 
Followers of Jesus must work hard to stop and prevent vulnerable children from being exploited and abused. As a church, supporting the good work of IJM is one of the ways we are committed to this. And in fact, next Sunday, we're going to hear from someone from IJM speak about the good work that they're involved in and how we as a church are contributing to that. We are also a safe church where all of our leaders, not just our kids and youth leaders, but all our leaders from our leadership team have working with children checks and are thoroughly committed to ensuring that our safe church training is up to date. We want to be a safe church, not just for children, but for all who are vulnerable. Children are gifts from God. This means we should respect them, rejoice over them, and celebrate their intrinsic value as human beings, made just like you and I, in the image of God. Several biblical passages point to the fact that children are gifts to parents and a tangible sign of God's blessing. Passages such as John 16, 21. A woman giving birth to a child has pain because her time has come, but when her baby is born, she forgets the anguish because of her joy that a child is born into the world. Highlight the source of joy and pleasure children can bring. Children are still developing and sinful. This means that in all spiritual, intellectual and moral matters, we need to teach, guide and appropriately discipline them. Parents and other caring adults are to nurture, teach and guide children, helping them to develop intellectually, morally, emotionally and spiritually. Several biblical passages speak about these responsibilities. For example, according to Proverbs 22.6, adults are to start children off on the way they should go. And Ephesians 6.4 says to bring children up in the training and the instruction of the Lord. Isaiah 38.19 invites parents and caring adults to tell children about God's faithfulness. And Deuteronomy 6.7 instructs parents to teach their children the ways of God. The Bible has a lot to say about how We are to raise children, both as parents, but also as a community. Children are models of faith to adults. This means that children can teach us something about what it means to be God's children and members of his kingdom. Many scripture passages turn upside down the common assumption held in Jesus' time and sometimes still our own. The children ought to be seen and not heard, and that the primary role of children is to learn from and to obey adults. In contrast, the New Testament depicts children in striking ways as models of faith for adults, representatives of Jesus, and even examples for what it means to enter the kingdom of God. As we have already seen, Jesus embraces children, lifting them up as a paradigm of faith and rebukes those who would turn them away. Now, up to this point, I have been speaking to you about young children. However, the Bible also refers to adults as being children of God. 1 John 3, 1 states, See how very much our Father loves us, 
for he calls us his children. And that is what we are. Romans 8.14 says, For those who are led by the Spirit of God are the children of God. The Scriptures use familial language very intentionally. Of all the names and images that God could have used for us to relate to him, he chose the term Father. God the Father represents the very best version of fathering. A father who is lovingly involved and committed to the growth, development, safety, security and nurture of his family and children. God is a father who knows his kids intimately, spends time with them and understands their deepest fears, hopes and dreams. He knows what is best for his children and lovingly disciplines them when they go off track. As Heavenly Father, we are invited to approach God with the humility and the trust of a child. So as grown-ups, well and truly familiar with the ways of adulthood, how do we go about relating to God as His children? How do we embrace the identity as a child of God? Well, of course, there are plenty of childish and childhood traits that we are to outgrow. As we grow into maturity, the Apostle Paul says in 1 Corinthians 13, 11, you know, when I was a child, I thought and reasoned like a child. But now that I am a man, I have put childish ways behind me. So do we have a conflict here? Paul is saying, put the childish ways aside Jesus is saying, unless you become like a child, you cannot enter the kingdom of God. What we're talking about here are traits, and in particular, a posture that even as adults, we still need to embody and embrace. Now, there are all kinds of attributes and qualities that children embody that are still good and necessary for adults to have. Some of us need to have a little bit more fun in our lives. Would you not agree? You know, there are characteristics that a child has that are good for adults to have and embrace. But there are two in particular I want to talk about briefly that I think need to remain. And the first one is trust. Children trust. And the second one is teachability. Children are teachable. So children trust. In an ideal parenting, in an ideal child-parent relationship, a child has complete trust in the fact that mum and dad know what is best. On our recent holiday, I saw a beautiful poster which said, Dad, a son's first hero, a daughter's first love. And my father heart just grew in an instant. I thought it was so beautiful. But this sentiment supports this very notion that children are very trusting, that they look at their mum and dad as those who know everything. Of course we don't. But in the eyes of a four-year-old, you know, Dad knows everything. 
Mum knows everything. In their care and provision, life is good. I have nothing to fear or worry about. Children are very trusting towards their parents. This is part of that vulnerability that we have to be so careful to make sure we nurture and not abuse that vulnerability. But this is how God designed it. He designed children to grow up in the context of safety and nurture and trustworthiness. Just as a child approaches her daddy with complete and total trust that he is safe and trustworthy and has her best interest at heart, so we too are to approach God with this same level of trust and vulnerability with our Heavenly Father. God wants us to come to Him in humility and trust. Firstly, recognising who we are in relation to Him. Trusting that He is in control and knows what is best for our lives. Is this how you approach God? As adults who at times feel as though we have everything under control and all of our needs met, we can very easily fall into the trap of trying to tell God what to do or to offer Him our humble opinion of what we think is best or the right outcome for a particular situation. But Andrew has never offered up to me an opinion of what decision I need to make. He just trusts that as his dad, I will make the right decision for him. Trusting God completely requires us to acknowledge that we don't know what is best and that we are not completely in control of our lives. This is not an easy place for adults to arrive at, is it? (laughs) Especially when things aren't going so well. But if we can reach that place of childlike trust in our heavenly dad, as a child places their trust in their mother or father, that, my friends, is a wonderfully liberating place to be. Under the care of parents, there are so many things that get done that children have no idea about. (laughs) And they don't need to worry if their clothes will be washed, if there'll be more wheat bix in the bottomless wheat bix packet, (laughs) if their sheets will be made fresh, if their school fees will be paid. There are just so many things that need to happen in a child's life that under the care and provision of responsible, loving parents just happen. And the whole time, the child is completely unaware. 
are you aware of how much your heavenly Father loves you and provides for you? We can so easily take for granted our Heavenly Father's provision and constant care of us, particularly when we lose that childlike trust and that childlike faith that Jesus holds up as a model. He wants us to trust Him. He wants us to be confident in His care for us. Czech children are teachable. They have lots to learn. Their minds are like little sponges, constantly soaking up new information. They have inquisitive minds that are constantly learning how things work and how to function in the world around themselves. And children spend large portions of their growing up years at school, a learning institution. And they do this because they have a lot to learn. And they also do this because they actually have a posture of teachability. A child who is teachable is a child that will grow and succeed in life. A child who is teachable will learn from their mistakes and improve. A child who is teachable will learn to obey the instructions of their parents or teachers understanding that the instructions they receive are for their own good. Having a teachable spirit and posture comes much more naturally to a child than it does to an adult. And yet what God desires in us is a humble posture of obedience to his ways. God's ways are always for our good and never for our harm. And the more we can learn to trust him and be open to his leading and instruction, the closer we will be to following the ways of the kingdom and receiving his blessing. Are you a part of God's family? Would you like to be? Entering God's family is a bit like receiving a gift. You don't work for it or earn it, you can only receive it. There is nothing Daniel can do to enter into our family or to earn his way into our family. He will always be our son and nothing that he does or doesn't do will change the love that Bron and I have for him. Daniel has complete trust in our care for him. He doesn't question it, challenge it, or reject it. He willingly accepts it. As Daniel grows, he will become teachable as we and others around him instruct him in a whole manner of skills that he will need as he navigates his way through life. The wonderful message of the gospel is there is nothing you or I could ever do to earn our way into God's family. We are all created in the image of God and he loves each person, each individual dearly. No matter what you think of God, he thinks highly of you. So much so that he sent his son Jesus to model how to live a life of trust and teachability in relation 
to his father. Jesus, even though he was equal with God in nature, humbled himself under the father, submitted himself to the father's will. And if you read through the gospels, you will see that Jesus models a life of trust and teachability in relation to his heavenly father. He was obedient to a cruel and unjust death so that you and I might know forgiveness of sin and life eternal in the name of love. The invitation to be part of God's family is open to all people, the prerequisite being to adopt the humble posture of a child, confessing our sins, trusting in God's plan for our lives and submitting ourselves to his leading and his teaching. Childlikeness is a characteristic of all true followers of Jesus because it is only through God's mercy that a person can enter his kingdom and find the greatness that comes from having their sins forgiven and receive the kingdom life that God has in store for those who place their trust in him. May you have a trusting and teachable spirit open to receiving the love, guidance and fellowship of your good heavenly Father God. And may you embrace your identity as a child of God and know the abundant life that awaits all who place their trust in him. Let's pray. Loving Heavenly Father, we thank you for the reminder this morning that in order to enter your kingdom we need to become like children. We need to become those who are trusting, those who are vulnerable, those who are prepared to accept and admit that we don't have all the answers, that we are not in control, that we can't possibly meet all of our own needs. Most importantly, our need to be made right with you. So, Lord, I pray that for each one, you might humble our hearts a little and help us on our journey of becoming more trusting and more teachable and more childlike so that we may receive your kingdom. We pray this in Jesus' name. Amen.